Okay, hello and welcome back. Today is January 4, Thursday, January 4, 2024. In Taiwan, class 11 in the Patanjali and Buddha Dhamma series. Getting closer to the end. Uh, today I'm going to kind of wrap up the first part and jump into the second. Uh, this is actually quite <clears throat> intensive material um, today. I want to whip through from the past, from previous classes, the discussion of Antakarana, then the higher working of, of, that comes after Samadhi for in the Patanjali system, where Samyama, you know, we have Ashtanga Yoga, eight-limbed or eight-aspected yoga path. Very similar <laughs> to Buddha Dhamma teachings. <clears throat> uh, leading to the eighth um, limb or rung called samadhi. That's not the end of the path. That um, is much more than simply equanimity. Equanimity is not the end of the path either. Uh, insight and breakthrough and Gnosis, and uh, the four attainments in Buddhism, right? Uh, stream entry, non-returner, once-returner, non-returner, Arahan, or Yana, and then Paramatman, or uh, Satchitananda that comes after uh, Yana in the Vedanta system. There are specific attainments uh, beyond Samadhi. Meanwhile, Samadhi ain't too bad, like in the Buddhist system, we have Shila Samadhi Prajna, Panya, uh, discipline or morality or virtue ethics, Panchashila 5 or 10, the moral codes, so just not really essentially different, I mean a little different variant, but basically the same as Yama Niyama is the first two aspect, the first two Angas of the Ashtanga from Patanjali. Okay, so we have Shila and Yama Niyama, the Buddhist understanding of Sila, and generosity, <laughs> Dana, <clears throat> and the Patanjali system where we're talking the first two Angas of Yama Niyama, what not to do, what to do, restraint, and um, I forgot the other word, cultivation, maybe, but restraint and um, that which ought to be cultivated. Then we go to Samadhi. Shila, Samadhi, Prajna, Samadhi as the final step, step of uh, the three highest Yangma, Samyama, uh, Dharana, <coughs> Dhyana to Samadhi. So where Dharana is concentration, Dhyana is extended concentration in meditation, Dhyana. The root of the word Zen and Chan is Dhyana, which is Dhyana, Dhyana. It's actually of the same word, uh, Yana or uh, nya, nya, realization is the heart of meditation. <laughs> that goes to samadhi. <clears throat> and samadhi then um, is in many ways um, uh, a, a stabilization of uh, citta vritti. And, you know, niroda, citta vritti niroda as the uh, watchword of Ashtanga Yoga, the, the phrase, the teaching that is the heart of what Ashtanga Yoga is all about, Chitta Vritti Niroda, the Vritti of Chitta have been neroded, <clears throat> meaning the fluctuations or disturbances of Chit, Chitta, where here that is associated with subconscious, or the Vasanas, or the deep mind, the seed bed of uh, of conscious thought, the roots of consciousness, subjective, personal consciousness, where that has been, where there's some cessation or temporary suspension or stilling, which is what happens in samadhi. So in samadhi, citta vritti has been eroded or ceased or stilled. So there's stillness, stillness in... Um, personal mind 
and then the greater work begins. So from last time, uh, despite the foray into theosophical discussions of Antakarana, uh, the straight-up Vedantic understanding of Antakarana is that which is of the four parts of mind, which we saw from the earliest teachings in uh, Swami Jay and Alex Scott, so that in Antakarana, or the nature of Antakarana, inner instrument or inner function uh, but it's uh, a particular type of calling it inner is um, a little problematic because it's actually not the ultimate but four aspects ahamkara buddhi manas and chit chitta so very nice okay chit as it, again the translations are all over the place uh, memory or mm, subconscious uh, consciousness from taking from Wikipedia, simple. Consciousness where <laughs> impressions, memories, experiences are stored. So, the deep mind in which uh, patterns, ways of thinking, deep beliefs regarding self, regarding other, regarding value, regarding proper um, functioning, meaning when these things happen i should respond in this way or you know when a sound arises i turn my head uh, that's not a conscious decision necessarily it doesn't have to be well it's a startle reaction maybe like the pigeon but actually that's of uh chit or the subconscious or the vasanas and the tendencies then you have manas which here can be called lower the, the they're terms are lower rational part of mind connecting with the external world so we're talking about the five physical senses and it says here faculty of doubt and volition seat of desire governor of sensory motor organs so the conscious mind is manas and it's the mind that uh, the, the the personal um, 3d space time associated mental functions uh, how it is that there's um, a perception and an ex and a conception, a belief, an experience. I'm here, Scott, in this body talking to you right now. That's all manasic. Meanwhile, <laughs> that's not quite the whole of what's happening here, or there. <laughs> it's it's a it's the the surface level conceptualizations or perceptions of the physical world. Uh, uh, not much advanced. It's basically thinking, uh, to, to a large degree, manas is of thinking and feeling in the conscious, associated with uh, conscious identity, the, the personal sense of self. Above that, or working on that, is buddhi, the third, which <laughs> is translated sometimes as intellect, but I think it's poor. I better associate buddhi with viveka, or discrimination, discernment. Dis discrimination, obviously, not a uh, skin color or uh, ethnic matter discrimination that discerns a subtle quality uh, the onion skin uh, over there is remarkably brown while the other one uh, looks to be more golden <laughs> just uh, now that's monosic of perception the buddhi would be um, the, the capacity to think about thinking, the capacity not only to, to basically discern finer, uh, finer discernment of quality associated with mind itself, not the physical world as much as, you know, uh, that's a brown onion skin and that's a golden onion skin. That's really much more monosic, but uh, what is the significance of the, of the skin color of the onions? <laughs> but more so, uh, its capacity to recognize what teaching is useful to me right now, how much of that teaching is useful and how much is not, uh, what is the principle behind variant teachings, uh, 
to say pseudo-samadhi uh, prajna, what does that have in common? Uh, what, are, what are the unifying principles uh, within which, or unifying principles uh, associated with uh, a, a, a particular teaching? It's, that's not the only use of baddhi. Uh, there is greater and lesser. There is more or less valuable. It's uh, discernment of path-associated quality, buddhi. And so, Viveka, how do you know it's true? How do you know, uh, even if it's relatively uh, empty, or, you know, it's, it's essentially empty, how do I know it's relatively true and important right now? Something like this, that that's an example of buddhi, to some degree, as far as I can tell. Uh, how can I uh, see which teacher is teaching is a little off base and how it's not simply thinking but it's thinking about the thinking or thinking about <clears throat> the deeper level significance of phenomena and particularly uh, of value what is of greater value to my long-term welfare and benefit like that uh, when would it be wise to modify a certain teaching for my own use right Panchashila means what exactly? How does that relate? Well, don't kill is the first one, right? Against killing. Well, you know, we don't do a lot of killing. Well, that that's not, it's actually deeper than that. It goes to non-harming. Mm -hmm. So that goes not simply with the speech, but, but not harming with the body. You mean punching? No. How about pointing someone, putting my finger in somebody's face and pointing? How about being five feet away and pointing at them? finger to their face five feet away is that harm yeah actually it is so uh, interpreting teachings more deeply um, realizing limitation and value of teachings or the value of teachings while they're limited simultaneously the, the limits you know it's good to do mantra but should I be doing mantra when the mind is quiet and which mantra and why things like this, that this is a subtle discerning, I would say. And then finally, the fourth level or fourth quality of andakarana is ahamkara, the ego so-called. Or, And this, this writes here, identifies Atman with the body as I. It's basically I-maker, and that's brilliant. Ahamkara. Kara is the same root as karma, karm. Making aham. <laughs> aham. Making uh, subject, a subjective fashioning of separative uh, identity where there isn't. <laughs> Roth saying uh, ego is an unworkable concept and uh, understanding cannot come from it. Uh, meaning fourth chakra activation is limited uh, to the degree that we have a rigid view that there is a substantial ego while obviously there's a sense of self and obviously this one here is different than that one there or me here and do you there obviously uh there's the difference in form and there's difference in quality of form but does that establish um a hard and fast solid selfhood identity well obviously Ra would say no because leaving sixth density they say will drop memory and identity okay so these are the four aspects <clears throat> traditionally understood as antakarana, ahamkara, the sense of self, which is very much a vijjana, subjective consciousness, buddhi, manas, and chit, below. All right. Then, not to <laughs> forget, but from Sanskrit Dictionary, Wisdom Lib, Wisdom Library, uh, the straight-up <laughs> definition from Sanskrit of antakarana is from practical Sanskrit English Dictionary. They say, Causing death or destruction, fatal, mortal, destructive. Uh, death dealing <laughs> by the functioning by those those four aspects. Antakara, uh, of uh, those the by the 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 quadrant, the tetrad, the fourfold mandala of antakarana, which is ahamkara, buddhi, manas, and chit. Uh, by that we experience death by that death is made 
Freedom from that equals the deathless. Bingo. And so, Nibban, uh, Satchitananda, Par Paramatman, you know, the union of Atman and Paraman, the one <clears throat> intelligent infinity, uh, contact with and then ultimately return to intelligent infinity or the Logos, is the end of death. Because uh, <clears throat> Antakarana or fourfold um, self-mind, uh, fourfold, you know, the, the, the unenlightened self-mind mm, mm, uh, composite or field, the field of energy consciousness, seven chakras, seven dimensional, seven energy fields, mind, body, spirit, beingness, totality, complex, the octavic self, this is of death. Light appears and disappears, light flickers. The <clears throat> octavic sense of self, which is a real sense of self, and it's a real distinct, uh, unique, seven-dimensional energy field, seven chakras, mind, body, spirit, beingness, totality, complex, the whole, while unique, is the cause of death. Or... Uh, believing it as identity, thus generating, you know, craving, clinging, grasping, aversion, ignorance, and all the kleshas and all the asravas and all the whole problem, and all the the all that leads associated with um, arising, persisting, passing away, is of death. It's mortality. So the the fourfold, uh, the fourfold um, apparent self is of death and the end of that is the death lasts the no more death okay so <laughs> uh, that there is i mean it's part of logoic plan obviously there's no evolution without soul <laughs> evolution <clears throat> uh what's evolving is uh, what we call soul as well as the whole creation which is god soul or divine soul or logoic soul called light called multi-dimensionality of the octave that's a soul too. <laughs> it's not a personal soul or a, you know, it's not the same, but um, uh, the purpose of Cosmic Plan is soul evolution and the evolution or development or learning of uh, the Logoi, uh, which is all associated with death. But, you know, death exists within the deathless, so it's not permanent either. Okay then we have to understand that the higher stages of working beyond Ashta, Ashtanga Yoga. Where do we go beyond Ashtanga Yoga? Well, Mr. Swami Jay at the bottom of the page on Samyama talked about this, I'd say, in the section um, from 3.6 Patanjali, Tasya Bhumisu Viniyoga. It's of that to the plain stages, states of practice. Um, the practice is of the stages and the states. And his two final, the two final paragraphs I want to read from the page, the finer states naturally come forward. And he writes, when the practice of Samyama is applied to finer states, finer states of consciousness or awareness, the subtler aspects, as you'll see, naturally reveal themselves during deeper practice. It doesn't necessarily mean you will know the details of those ahead of time, of course. Rather, the inner journey itself reveals the subtler aspects, subtler states, and the nature of those states. That's the point. Subtler, finer states equals progression up the jhanas. That's all we got. So up the jhanas, uh, and you'll see where we're going here is uh, into some very hardcore Buddhist suttas. Uh, up the jhanas is the experiencing of finer states. Obviously, they can't be known uh, ahead of time. Um, and as he says, inner journey reveals subtler aspects. Of course, meditation, as I said many times, my experience, meditation is the best teacher. Because they're, you know, who's on the other side of samadhi? <laughs> Don't think you're alone in your mind. And so on the other side of samadhi is Atman and one's teachers and friends in the higher densities, five, six, and so on. 
And so um, it's a piece of work that fifth and sixth density beings do to guide meditators on planet Earth, of course. And so uh, the teacher comes through samadhi. The teacher teaching is given in samadhi. Uh, as well as oneself realizes the nature of the finer states as they continue developing, or as we progress through higher states and higher states occur, the higher jhanas, one realizes their nature and becomes increasingly free of attachment, you say. And that is the final paragraph I'll read from Swami Jay. The paragraph starts, the finer states are set aside. So they come forward naturally. If you stay in samadhi, um, it'll deepen. Samadhi deepens persist, you know, sustain samadhi deepens. Then these finer states are set aside. One may then, one will actually set aside naturally also. So naturally finer states arise. One naturally in sustained samadhi goes into higher states. Naturally as well, their nature is perceived and naturally as well they're set aside. Seeing is not believing. (laughs) Seeing is disbelieving. Seeing, I'll see you to believe it. Seeing is not believing. Seeing is disbelieving. Hmm. Seeing the naturally arising finer states, naturally seeing their nature more fully, naturally they're set aside by themselves. You can't release, but you can set in motion or establish the seeds that cause release. You can't say, let it go, let it go. I was going to talk today about letting go, let it go. Many people talk to me, well, I guess I should let it go. You can't let it go, but it can go if the conditions in mind of detachment and clear seeing, clear seeing and detachment, and disinterest, vairagya, arise with vivek and buddhi, seeing into the nature of whatever it may be, one will, one is setting in motion or setting, uh, establishing the seeds for release. You can't, the manas doesn't let go. Manas is a very unstable (laughs) function. Uh, But clear seeing uh, naturally releases attachment. Because what's seen is anicca (laughs) What's seen is that it's all empty. Uh What's seen is impermanence, insubstantiality, emptiness, and uh, dissatisfactoriness or unsuitability. Even bliss is of Anicca the three marks, three characteristics. So sustained samadhi <clears throat> leads to finer states naturally coming forward. Sustained samadhi in those ari- in the condition where finer states continue arising <clears throat> uh, leads to seeing clearly or more clearly the true nature of those finer states Seeing is disbelieving. <laughs> what is seeing is seeing inichanatudoka, impermanence, insubstantiality. You know, unsuitability is the good word for dukkha. And uh, sunya emptiness, illusory nature. <clears throat> that leads to detachment, naturally. Breaking of interest. I'm not interested, I'm becoming disinterested in what I see to be empty and illusory or uh, unsuitable. It's not suitable to make a home in the impermanent. It's not suitable to be attached to that which is ever-burning, ever-changing, ever-flickering. It's not suitable. Yeah, see? See, there you go. Too hot. And uh, the demonics are agitated. I think uh, some dogs become vectors of lower astral entities, which is interesting. So, okay... Sustained samadhi is the key. Ashtanga yoga gets to sustained samadhi. If you want, you know, the shila is great and samadhi is great, but if you want prajna or panya or wisdom, the higher, super mundane, higher wisdom, the, the real spiritual maturity, not just I know the words, but I know the experiences of seeing through, seeing the uh, illusory nature of higher states the illusory nature of ahamkara, the fact that there ain't no aham, it's all karm, it's all fashioned, it's a false fashioning, it's an illusory, unstable, unsuitable, dissatisfactory fashioning. States are fashioned. Oh, is it outside or inside? Hmm. 
well, so-called outside is only recognized as so-called outside by perception conception. It's by the functions of mind that are perceiving and then conceiving that we establish some sense that there's an outer world and an inner me. And perception and conception are all too. They arise, they persist, they pass away. They're empty, they're illusory. Now that doesn't mean if somebody slaps me in the face, uh, they didn't slap me in the face, so somebody slapped me in the face and that hurts, so yeah. So, you know, don't go to some kind of goofball uh, uh, shallow interpretation of emptiness. Emptiness doesn't invalidate uh, apparent phenomenal existence. It simply is a statement regarding true nature. That the true nature is not appearance. Things are not as they appear, nor are they otherwise. So a slap is a slap, but it's also not a slap. <laughs> Things like that. And the dogs are raging. I really, in the countryside here, we have unharvestable dogs. Harvestable dogs and cats are very different than unharvestable dogs and cats. Harvestable two to three. Okay, so uh, finer states are set aside. That's the point. They're set aside because so sustained samadhi uh, generate is the condition for the arising of, of finer states. Sustained samadhi, while these finer states or higher jhanas occur, is the condition for setting them aside because one sees their true nature more clearly. One sees them more clearly. What does one see? One sees anicca and sunya. Okay, as they arise and as we see their true nature more fully, then naturally they are set aside. They release themselves. They go because we're seeing clearly and disinterested and not grasping, non-grasping attentiveness, right? Sila or, or uh, sati. So finer states come forward, he says. They're explored with razor-sharp attention of samyama. That's a lame way of putting it. <clears throat> you know, practitioners try not to talk shit. Uh, you got to be very careful because a lot of people, me too, we enjoy hearing ourselves talk. They're explored with razor-sharp attention of Samyama. How about as finer states come forward, they're seen by a concentrated awareness, by concentration, with concentration, data not continuing, they're seen more clearly. <laughs> That's it. They're not seen by the attention of Samyama, the composite of three. They're seen in Samadhi. They're set aside or released naturally, he said, through the process of discrimination, right? That's Vivek and Buddhi. Yeah. By this is real Buddhi, is seeing the nature of states. It's, it's definitely a little bit more than uh, distinguishing a dark skin onion from a golden skin onion. I have a dark skin onion for some reason. I don't know if it's good or bad. So uh, they're set aside naturally, or one is one develops discernment, or sorry, dis, disinterest by discernment, by seeing, by buddhi and vivek. One sees true nature of the finer states. By that, then they're naturally releasing. They naturally release themselves because we're not holding. If you don't hold, it goes. Finally, it says, they are each seen to not be the truth, reality, or eternal self that's being sought. That's a Vedantic uh, formulation. This is an ever finer application of the process of non-attachment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vairagya runs the show. Uh, Vairagya is uh, critical to sila and uh, moral codes in Buddhism. Uh, it's critical to yama niyama, what observances and restraints, I think was the phrase, was brilliant. Restraint, observances and restraints, what to do, what not to do. Uh, yama is restraints, <laughs> and, and niyama is observances. When I would normally think that ni is not, not yama, what not to do, it's the other way around. Anyway, observances and restraints is a brilliant, I, I think it was Swami Jay or somebody put it that way, brilliant. Uh, or uh, Alex Scott, somebody put it that way. So observances and restraints, sila, what to do, what not to do, right speech, right, <laughs> you know, right speech, right action, right livelihood. By that, um, we have a foundation for 
meditation. By that comes, and that that itself requires a a bunch of uh, a bit of uh, vairagya or detachment. But the detachment then goes beyond um, breaking attachments to wrong speech and wrong action. <laughs> to breaking attachment to belief in the substantiality of one's own mind. See, these dogs are wild today. So this just started <laughs> right now. It didn't, wasn't happening half an hour ago. So detachment from mind, detachment from manas, detachment from ahamkara, detachment from the whole of um, antakarana, the fourfold um, death-dealing selfhood, personal mind, which is basically Vijjana. I mean, I, I read Vijjana as subjective consciousness, fifth skanda, uh, and, and with perception, and there's a subconscious, and there's a conscious, and there's a discerning above that. All that, um, to me, fits into you know the five skandhas, and uh, particularly Vijnana as a uh, subjectivity with the with functions that are con that are ultimately functions of mind that are all self oriented or separative self dualistic oriented there's ego me ahamkara and there's my subconscious which is unique and my conscious mind processing manas which is unique and then there's discernment or buddhi vivek buddhi as not quite personal actually and so buddhi is in in many ways um uh, established on the is is of the bridge from the personal to the transpersonal uh from amkara to jivatman moving towards unified self-consciousness so in any case, um, yeah, it's uh, first there's sensual detachment, non-attachment, then there's relational, <laughs> and then there is internal, <clears throat> uh, and then there's ultimately non-attachment to non-attachment, or detachment from letting go, or um, releasing. So each is seen not to be the truth, reality, or eternal self being sought. Uh, the finer states are seen as not the deathless. And so for, in Buddhism, uh, the one that is able, uh, very quickly, I mean, Ajahn Chah, um, Wat Papong, I think, in Ubon, uh, Thai forest tradition, uh, was saying something like, if, if, uh, if a student stays at his Sangha, at his um, Wat forest, Wat temple, for a year, and does and applies themselves ardently, they should hit Sotapanna, they should make that attainment, uh, Magapala Sotapanna, meaning first stage awakening. Uh, from one year of dedicated uh, working in, you know, <laughs> uh, commitment to sila, sustained samadhi uh, leads to the Panya Prajna, that is the first uh, fruit of the path, Sotapanna, stream entry. Uh, very quickly, actually, if one can do, if one can really sit with sustained samadhi long enough, um, uh, there will be Sotapanna. It's not, it, it's big deal and not a big deal, as far as I know. From the Wikipedia page uh, on Sotapanna, not bad either. Uh, qualities of Sotapanna described as uh, this comes from where? From the uh, Alaga Dupama Sutta, uh, water snake simile. These monks, Gautama said, Alaga Alaga Dupama. Uh, those monks who have abandoned the first three fetters are all stream winners, stream entrants. Certain, never again destined for lower realms, headed for self awakening. This is how the Dhamma, well proclaimed by me, is clear, open, evident, stripped of rags. No rags, only um, bright, shining light. And so, abandoning the first three fetters, breaking the first three fetters, that is the nature of the Sotapanna, Magapala, path and fruit. Uh, 
and confers a freedom from rebirth in animal realm, hell realm, hungry ghost realm, and uh, surely not Ashura's, uh, not there either. Three fetters uh, that are broken are actually uh, subtle. Uh, and the way it's written up here is self-view, clinging to rites and rituals, skeptical doubt. So again, when we're talking about the path beyond Ashtanga Yoga, the sustained the sustained samadhi with the arising of finer states and the natural seeing into the nature of the finer states and the natural releasing of the finer states by by the detachment that associates with the seeing seeing clearly you know <laughs> you got you got to see it to lose it you got to see it to drop it seeing is believing no not quite conceiving is believing and seeing the nature of seeing, or seeing, I mean, ultimately, that's what's seen. The finer states are first seen as they are. The true nature of the finer states, finer states keep arising, they're seen. Naturally, there's detaching in the seeing. Then they don't arise, <laughs> or the next one appears. Uh, that's not conceiving. And eventually, one is seeing the seeing itself. Before you see the seer, you first have to see the seeing. Before that, you see the seen, which is first outer. First you see the outer, then you see the inner, then you see the seeing, then you see the seer, <laughs> then it's finished. When you see the seer, you're basically seeing the seeable. The seeable is, is uh, maya. <laughs> the nature, uh, the true nature of the scene is invisible, is unseeable actually but there can be absolute freedom from wrong seeing or misunderstanding the seeing um, first you see the outer then you see the inner then you see the seeing then you see the seer that appears to be seeing then you're finished if you can get what that means but I'm not finished so that's not totally correct so if I were finished, I could tell you the whole path, but I'm not finished. So take it with a grain of Himalayan salt. Uh, three fetters <clears throat> broken by Sotapanna. So what is of, of the, in the Buddhist understanding, of the higher work, higher working of samadhi, or the working from samadhi to prajna or panya? Uh, initially, the first attainment, or uh, the first attainment, breaks three views or three patterns which are very subtle actually self-view clinging to rites and rituals and skeptical doubt self-view is basically um, a realization that all the views of substantial selfhood are wrong uh, the, what's certain here is the view of substance or what is compounded could be eternal in the five aggregates you see this is written by somebody who doesn't know it and thus possessed or owned as I. Basically, the identification of the five skandhas as a self. The Sotapanna, and this, this, this says uh, Sotapanna doesn't actually have a view about self, Sakya Diti, as that doctrine is proclaimed to be a subtle form of clinging. <laughs> as far as I know, whether you believe it or not, um, the self view is a realization that all views are empty, all views of selfhood are empty. And uh, whatever this self-sense is, the views are all wrong. They're all fraudulent. So ego is a fraud, fraudulent notion as well. It's a unworkable concept. I mean, really knowing that, having the experience of that, that this self is, <clears throat> as it's conceived, is, is a dream. But there's something going on here <laughs> that hasn't been finished. The, the you know it hasn't been understood fully and that's because the difference <laughs> between the first fetter and the eighth fetter and that's the uh, the end of ahamkara is eighth fetter broken number two clinging to rites and rituals it's basically some sense that uh at last it's understood that the attainment doesn't come by performance physical or doesn't is not achieved by performance it's a change it's it's uh, attainment comes by seeing and releasing the releasing that comes by seeing. 
and it's not associated with the rites and rituals. Now you can do rites and rituals to help um, to develop samadhi, but once there's samadhi, um, absolutely rites and rituals are not needed. I mean, when the mind is quiet, should I be doing a mantra? No, actually, as far as I could tell, what's really needed is a sustained samadhi which is silence of mind, silence of self in a steady state, as Ra said. Calm abiding, concentration, equanimity. But that's not the end of the path. That's the platform to finish the path. But rites and rituals are really redundant and superfluous when one knows samadhi. Then, I mean, you can use rites and rituals for samadhi, um, but uh, attachment to them is a problem. Skeptical doubt is basically doubt in Buddha Dhamma Sangha and at the end when when the first attainment is made There's no sense that there's any problem with Buddha Dhamma Sangha but essentially, you know Sangha may be up and down, but <laughs> Buddha is just as he says he is and the Dhamma is just as he says it is and that's the end of that and it's no more doubt It's also said that uh, six defilements. This is from uh, Jnana Panika Terra um, six types of defilement abandoned by Sotapanna. And again, we're talking about the higher reaches. Um, a, the one who knows samadhi and um, equanimity well. No metric transgressions. The six defilements eventually abandoned or on their way to full abandonment by Sotapanna. Envy, jealousy, hypocrisy, fraud, denigration, domineering. Interesting list, actually. Uh, envy and jealousy is some sense that they have what I want. It's not fair. They have what I want. I don't have what they have. I want what they have. I should have what they have. It's not fair. They have, and I don't have. And gnashing of teeth. Uh, there, there's some, as far as I would say, there, there's a deeper acceptance. Um, this is what we have here and that's what you got there and uh, getting their stuff isn't uh, is recognized not as a source of profound happiness hypocrisy fraud it's interesting these are sort of two three sets of two hypocrisy fraud is is a certain chronic dishonesty a deeply rooted dishonesty dishonest with yourself you meant you know 3d repeaters are super dishonest the paucity of honesty, Ross said. This vast sinkhole of indifference. The, the, they don't care to know they don't care. They think they care. They don't know they don't care. They don't want to hear it. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, they don't want truth too much. Truth is very upsetting for most people. And so there's hip, hypocrisy all over the place, you know. Uh, right for thee, but not for me. And then fraud is just, you know sustained um, dis deceiving dishonest presentation uh, that that is seen as uh, too much dukkha in many ways the six here that are dropped or significantly weakened are dropped because they're seen as too filled with dukkha there's too much pain in envy jealousy there's too much pain in hypocrisy fraud there's too much pain for me in denigration domineering it's too painful for me the one the subject to do to keep up with those patterns it's just too upsetting i don't want it it's like you know scratching my arm why do i want to do that i don't want to do that i like pleasure not pain you know so uh, these are dropped because they're seen as too much of dukkha <laughs> and not helpful in, in some sense the satipana has a, a glimpse of radical freedom right right the uh, revelation of the inherent the radical freedom is tasted and all sorts of shitty stupid patterns fall away because they're just seen as shitty and stupid that the all sorts of negative patterns harmful patterns envy jealousy hypocrisy fraud denigration domineering it's very interesting this list the it's just dropped because it's just too crude it's it's like sorry i don't want to eat slop okay then we have the heart of that was an all an introduction for 45 minutes 44 44 
where I want to begin <laughs> the final section of this discussion in the series on Patanjali and Buddha Dhamma is um, uh, two Buddha suttas, which give some kind of basic introduction, which is really quite involved, of the nature of um, insight in samadhi, the process by which finer states arise and are set aside, or arise naturally, are seen clearly, and naturally release, uh, because they're seen as Nichanata Dukkha. And the two suttas um, are, I took some notes months ago, uh, waiting for the right time to use them, and I will use them now. The first is the Nibbedika, Nibbedika Sutta, which is associated with the word is penetrative. <laughs> That's the translation of the Nibbedika from Tanasaro Bhikkhu. Uh, Nibbedika Sutta, the other one is Salayatana uh, Vivanga Sutta, analysis of the six sense media. Very hardcore suttas here. And uh, I will just simply read the choice passages in, that I initially lifted from the two suttas and then go into each sutta. So first I'm going to, and you may get lost, but um, this is the first pass um, of the two, uh, for the two suttas and in uh, a snippet from each uh, from Nibbedika, Nibbedika, which associates with Nibban, of course. I don't know why I called it penetrative. It might be associated with cessation. Uh, the the uh, choice snippet that I want to that I'll come back to when we get back to it in deeper uh, analysis. Therefore, Digavu, it's Gautama talking to someone. Therefore, Digavu, when you are established in these four factors of stream entry, Sotapanna you should further develop six qualities conducive to, to clear knowing, right? Clear seeing. Remain focused on inconstancy in all fabrications, percipient of stress in what is inconstant, percipient of not-self in what is stressful, percipient of abandoning, percipient of dispassion, percipient of cessation. <laughs> Got it? So... First, we have we're we're talking. This is two <laughs> hardcore, high density paragraphs. Gautama speaking to Digavu uh, for his training at the further, you know, beyond Ashtanga Yoga. Uh, when you're established in stream entry, the four factors of stream entry, and I put in brackets. You can think of it whether it's right or right wrong. Conviction. Um, which is the end of skeptical doubt in Triratna, meaning no more doubt about Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. The, you know, so we're talking about four factors of stream entry associated with three fetters broken. All right. Three fetters broken, stream entry. <laughs> stream entry is the first of the four attainments. Breaking three fetters that are of four factors. Mm. So these four factors that I'm not completely sure of, uh, I put in brackets for a certain reason, uh, established in the four factors of stream entry. What are they? Conviction, uh, which is the end of doubt. Conviction in Tri Ratna, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. You know, I know this teaching is right. Like that. This is, I don't need uh, Bashar. Bashar may be cute. And uh, Kryon with the Germanic script may be cute. But I don't need it. <laughs> I got Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. Or I love Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And some would say you don't need Patanjali if you love Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. Mm, yeah, but I think it's actually helpful. <laughs> Looking into Patanjali and Ashtanga Yoga makes me realize how wonderful, it makes me appreciate Tri Ratna even more. Tri Ratna, Three Ratna, Three Jewels, Buddha Dhamma Sangha. So, okay, four factors of stream entry. Conviction in Tri Ratna, meaning no more doubt in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. Generosity, Danna. Virtue, Kama, meaning uh, the... the uh, karmic basis of sila and discernment views whatever that is prajna panya so it's some kind of uh, i don't know why i put this here but 
the four factors of stream entry we can look into later. Uh, surely, as far uh, surely the stream entry, the the Sotapanna, has no more doubt in Buddha Dhamma, has full conviction in the teaching and the practice, is pretty well established in Sila and the Kamma. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's a great uh, karmic seed, <laughs> the attainment of Satipanna, uh and generosity. And then there's a certain discernment, um, discernment views, discernment of, um, number one, this Buddha Dhamma is great <laughs> and right and enough. And uh, I really can go on and on because now I've uh, eaten the first fruit like that and also the sense of self is a fraud it, it, there's something going on here but um, all my thinking about it is wrong or empty it's useful I guess to think about self there's a personal self or a sense of a personal self that has to be handled or dealt with right personal feelings no, the, no, no spiritual bypassing is helpful you know drop don't do that but the true nature of this one here I don't know or all my talking about it is relative has a relative value but is essentially empty and so there is the experience of uh, the personal self and emotional distress for sure which needs to be honored or acknowledged and healed and um, attended to with love wisdom with acceptance and understanding but that doesn't that, that itself doesn't mean there's a substantial self <laughs> i can take good care of my anger sorrow fear and confused beliefs and wounded personal psychology without substantiate without imputing a self hmm. so anyway the four factors of stream entry there then there's these six qualities conducive to clear knowing and you can see how intensive this gets i may not even be able to i'll just do a first pass on this and see if i can do the first pass on the um, snippet I took from Salayatana Vibhanga Sutta, the other. Remain focused here from Nibedika. Remain the six qualities. Remain focused on inconstancy in all fabrications. <laughs> the um, anicca of Sankara. All fabrications, all thought-feeling all conceptualizations are impermanent. They come and they go. Um, then, percipient of stress in what is inconstant. Uh, all mental fabrication, perception, conception, belief, all of that is impermanent. Percipient of stress in what's impermanent or inconstant, it's stressful, it's of dukkha too. It's dissatisfactory. So not only is all mental, emotional process, perception, conception, unstable, impermanent, but it's stressful. I feel stress. It's unsuitable. It's not, you don't make a home in the transitory. You can't because it gets washed away. It's, un, it's unstable. It's un, what's unstable is unreliable. You can't depend on the impermanent. You can only depend on what's not impermanent, what's permanent, or what is not um, inconstant, what's constant, which is not a thing, of course. So, uh, aware of the, uh, the uh, impermanent, inconstant nature of all mental, emotional process, uh, percipient perceiving of the stress or the dissatisfactoriness, the dukkha of all that is impermanent and inconstant, Percipient of the not-self, the anatta, of what is stressful. And this is the typical way, uh, the, the way that Anicca Nata Dukkha is commonly read. It's Anicca um, Dukkha Anatta. But I, meaning uh, formations and all phenomena I'm perceiving and conceiving, right? That's where you get anything. There's no experience that's not the result of perception, conception. That's what it means. I'm experiencing me. I'm experiencing this, that, and the other thing. There's perception, then a conception. Thus born uh, an experience. Uh, we believe it. 
So all of that is impermanent and all that which is impermanent is stressful and all that which is stressful is not I. The percipient of not self and what is stressful. That's fine. That's one way of doing it. It's anat it's um anicca dukkha anatta or anatta. I rather read it as anicca natta dukkha, but that's another story. Percipient of not self and what's stressful, percipient of abandoning Percipient, perceiving, uh, percipient's a funky word, but I'd say perceiving, perceiving, abandoning, perceiving, dispassion, perceiving, cessation. Hmm. And that's exactly what the higher, that's exactly what's happening <laughs> as finer states arise and are set aside. That's exactly how they are setting, being set aside. When uh, Swami Jay talks about Patanjali's uh, talking about what comes after samadhi, What's done with, uh, with in the from the platform of samadhi is this: is the finer states arising and being set aside? How are they set aside? This is how they're set aside. They're set aside because there's a recognition that all these finer states are fabrications, sankara, mental, emotional, consciousness, perception, conception, you know, vijnana. They're all associated with that which this mind here or me is experiencing i'm perceiving a state and naming it or identifying it somehow that whole thing is impermanent and inconstant and that whole thing is stressful and there ain't an i in all that either there's just <laughs> impermanent stressful process uh inconstant unstable um, burning, flickering, dancing, vibrating, mental phenomena associated with perceptions of this and that. And it's stressful, actually, or dissatisfactory and unsuitable in a certain sense. It's not what I'm really seeking. And there ain't no I in it either. Now that would be fully broken at the Eighth Fetter breaking, but only by Arahant. Then there's this perception of abandoning dispassion and cessation. And so as finer states are seen as anicca, dukkha, anatta, or anicca, anatta, dukkha, one, see, one is abandoning. There is abandoning in the seeing. The seeing of the three marks, three characteristics, anicca, anatta, dukkha, as the finer, of the finer states, as finer states arise. That is an abandoning. Then, and as that's occurring, there's this passion. There's a sense of, oh, I don't want it. I want what's beyond the states. Hmm. I don't want what is impermanent and constant. I don't want what is stressful or dissatisfactory or burning and flickering and unstable. Uh, there, there's, something, um, there's something wrong there. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> the, the unstable ain't... Um, isn't worthy, isn't suitable for um, inhabitation. <laughs> I'm not going to live here. You can't because it's impermanent and that ain't good. That is not, you know, I want eternal bliss, right? We want <laughs> satchit ananda. We want <laughs> nitya nanda, nitya nanda, the endless bliss. That's what we want. <laughs> we don't want temporary bliss or well-being or clarity. We want it forever. Never ending. Nitya, nitya. Of course, that's what else. I mean, in the end, that's the ultimate desire. And then uh, all of that ain't I. That, that, that's not a problem. I mean, eventually, it's, the seer is seen as empty too. So as we see the states, we also come to see the nature of seeing. And then we see the nature of the seer. Uh, and at that point, there's, there, then that's moving from <laughs> abandoning a dispassion into cessation. The ultimately will be the cessation of perception and consciousness, you know, perception and vijnana. That's a whole. <laughs> that's the, the end of the work. So beyond uh, samadhi, or once there's stable samadhi, it can be a platform for the seeing that releases. 
and seeing that releases begins with seeing the finer states and then goes to seeing the nature of the seeing itself as well as the seer that is apparently doing some seeing. All of that is seen as anichanata dukkha too. And all of that is of abandoning and all of that um, is establishing very solid roots of dispassion, vairagya, disinterest. And all of that leads to the eventual um, final attainment of cessation of perception and consciousness, which doesn't mean extinguishing. It's not an extinguishing of awareness, because this all ain't the all. In the only, the, uh, this all is just this all, or the all is really just this all, because there is another all beyond this all, and Gautama and the great worthies, the viras, they didn't make all that effort to become extinguished, you know. <laughs> I will uh, work, 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 for, uh, for what? For many lifetimes, only to go into eighth density and be fully extinguished. Right. It ain't like that. It's called intelligent infinity or infinite awareness. And that is not the extinguishing of experience. It's just the end of delusion and uh, the opening to a much greater experience. So that'll be it for today, actually. I won't be able to look into Salayatana Vibhanga Sutta now, next time. So I hope that was a pleasant journey for you. 2024, here we are. Time is flying. Any day now, it'll be February. <laughs> anyway, please take good care of yourselves. Thank you for being here. I hope you're well. Take care, and good night. <laughs>